Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. <laughs> Big conversations. Budding aspirations. Our goal? To make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Good evening and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. It is Thursday the 4th of January and you are listening to Education Tonight with Brent Poland and Adam Spence. While we wait for Brent and Adam to arrive, um, let's quickly talk about our collections on our website. We have a bunch of collections on our website, um, ttradio.org which are four shows grouped around topics and subjects. Brent and Adam now feature um, with their show on skills for the future, on our careers and futures collection. And we'll have those collections will continue to grow as TTR grows. Brent and Adam, over to you. We, we, we want you to know, Tom, if there's, uh, if there's Russell from the Beanbags. Are we, are we are we okay? There's not that much, not much feedback from back from the the, uh, the beanbags. <laughs> your your audio quality is absolutely fine. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So yes, we're I'm just trying out my uh, some of my Christmas presents, and you've already spotted another one of my Christmas presents every year. My brother-in-law uh, buys me the latest rendition of uh, Football Manager, of which the start of the new year is always spent. This is how I get through the the Christmas holidays. You yeah. know, yeah, it's a really good idea. I think. Well. Well, I've got I've, I've got I've got six games left of the championship season um, to try and get Notts County into a Premier League. I'll let you know how I've got on by nine o'clock. Yeah. Oh, funny you've you've done that. I, I've got I've gone for I've gone for uh, Wrexham. I thought I'd, I'd do the uh, the welcome to Wrexham and see what that would be like yeah. since they've got a bit more money. Well, yeah. well, literally, <laughs> since I got married, my wife was like, "This game's got to go." That was her. That was like a red line for her straight away. Seriously, seriously, yeah. I was kind of shocked. I kind When's of the divorce? When's... <laughs> Went along with it, so I've not. So I've been married since two thousand nine. So two thousand eight was last time I played uh, any of these games. But now I'm now I'm thinking my kids are getting older. Let's go for it. Absolutely, man. Let's not get side too, too sidetracked. But yeah, football manager has been cited in divorces. Yeah, I mean the one. It even jokes with you about the addiction level. It says on the sales, you know, just one more game, change your underpants, and gives you a little yeah, smart yeah, yeah. comments of yeah. like, you know, I'm not going to suggest to you that maybe three o'clock in the morning. I was like. One more game, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I'm, but I'm pleased. Like, I, brought, I was brought up with them. The kind of ni- the, oh. the, the, the 90s champ managers were the, were the greatest ones, I think. 
I think that the, the ninety champ managers. There are some legends, you know. You had uh, you had, of course, you, you got the legend of Cherno Samba, the, the Millwall <laughs> yeah. legend yeah. that he was. I mean, there's there's, there's so many. Uh, the Freddie Adu, who didn't buy Freddie Adu, you're fourteen years old. Yeah, that's right. It's funny that there are, there are people out there who had better careers in football manager than they ended up in the real life. But funny yeah. talking of managing and yeah. talking of of uh, what we want to talk tonight about is uh, we're going to put two hats on. We'll try and be balanced about this because. We're we're between us. We've got four children. Um, between us, you know, we've got four girls. Uh, your girls are older than my girls, so you've got um two in secondary. I've got two in primary. Yeah, so, so I've been so I've been through early years primary, and now I'm into key stage three. So that's my perspective. Yeah, and I'm in um just just starting key stage one and key stage, key stage two. Um, so we we've got experience as parents. We've got enough um friends. As well with their experiences, and um, we've got diver- I've got a diverse bunch of friends as well, which I would say then I'd be able to use their experiences yeah. as well. Um, and what we're lo- looking at is this concept of snowplow parents, and I think it's a new a new terminology for a very old concept, which is that you have parents that don't really care for their children and don't turn up at parents' evenings, and you can't get them on the phone, and they are very laid back, easygoing, and then you know and there's different styles of parenting. They reckon there are four. Um, and, and one that's always frustrated me is this idea of the snowplow parent. Not because I understand that they care, it's that they care so much they actually disempower the child and they make the child's life a lot easier. And it's this idea of moving all the barriers out of the way, fighting the child's fights for them. Mm. And and I've always forgiven those type of parents because in some ways it comes from a good place. It comes yeah, from a place of, of care comes from a place that they're trying their best for their children and it comes from a place of, I suppose I'd rather have those parents than the ones that don't care. Um, what I'm seeing more of and what you can read between the lines is is that there's a definite blurred lines now of how far these parents are willing to go and to get what they want. And with, I think, the weakening of the social contract in society as a whole and with the offset of you know the social media culture plus the pandemic, I do think this is a factor in the recruitment and retention problem for, mm. for schools. Of course, yeah, because it, put, it, it puts pressure on, doesn't it? But you, you, you miss one category. From, What's that? From, from uh, James Daly. Oh, from James Daly, yeah, yes. The, the, the crap parent. Oh, yeah, well, that was, that, that was hit the media, didn't it? The Tory MP James Daly claimed that the most struggling children in his constituency are the products of crap parents. There we go. Um, Daly emphasised the importance of a stable family unit. Sounds like very 1990s yeah, John Major. John Major, the, the nuclear family. The nuclear family and, and, family and, 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 and what was back to basics. Back to basics it. So, That's yes. right. He was lecturing the country in back to basics and family values while he was having an affair with, with behind Norma's back with none other than, of course, a Derbyshire's own. Yeah, eggs. Eggwina Kerr. He's still quite outspoken. So, so we've had this kind of hypocrisy before from people lecturing and pontificating and then realising that let's not do that. But there he did. Mr. Daly t- to say, defended his comments stating that discussion uh, is on finding ways to give children better options in life is necessary. He believes the parents should be able to teach their children basic fundamentals that shape their character. I, I agree with that. I actually do agree with that. Daly had previously blamed parenting and believes that it is directly related to social choices and decisions. So he's pretty much throwing parents under the bus. This whole debate, it's all the parents' fault. He argues that young offenders and their parents should take responsibility for their actions. 
again, I think there's a grain of yeah. truth in that. I think people have to do take responsibility for their actions. So some so, of his comments, is, I think, is, are... Is this coming from the perspective of supporting teachers no. or, or just wanting to get that kind of family unit thing back in I think the, I think it's person. blaming the crap parents yeah. for the children struggling so it's defending the children it's, it's that analogy of if you train a dog to bark and bite and the dog barks and bites you, yeah. you blame the person who yeah. trained the dog to bark but, and that plays well to a certain gallery yeah. for me it's a very black and white version of the world yeah. and I think the conversation is more nuanced I, than you suggest and we know from the area that we both mm. worked in before that there were lots of children who were uh, cared for by older siblings because both parents had to work long hours just to make ends meet. Um, so, so yeah. this is this is not mentioning any of that. It's very a bias thing. It's very easy to be judgmental yeah, when you don't know the full facts. It's, it's literally mm. it's literally judging. Mm. You know, and we've said on previous um, you know shows, podcasts, and uh, Twitter spaces before that actually the whole thing is so complex. Yeah. Um, to, to, and then then because we because I, I was a government in in that area. And we, we knew at the time the children were coming to school in the early year setting without being potty trained and yeah. that type of thing. And they were saying that escalated worse after COVID. But again, it was about parents who actually, although they had children and wanted children and loved their children, the reality of life then kicked in and they just essentially had to go out and work all those hours. And a lot of that stuff yeah. that, you know, we talked before about, we were for, I was fortunate in my setting that my wife was able to take nearly two years off work um, to 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 do all of that stuff now that is yeah. a, that is a very luxurious position to, especially in today's you know climate and that was back in 2010 yeah so if, even if I looked at my perspective now if we had children now I don't think that my wife could take two years off now just because of and the then your girls would be losing out on, course, that, yeah. on, on those but the, here's the honest side of that is that I've had so many examples throughout the years of the same parents, siblings, and siblings being completely different. Yes. And, and to a point where I've looked at a parent and said to a parent, you are not a crap parent. You're not. You're a good parent. And they've despondently looked at me and went, what have we done wrong? And the child is just nature and nurture. Some, you know, yeah, well, some well, children are just the way they are. And there's so many factors to factor in. There are children that come from what you would term to be brilliant homes, stable families you know, upwardly mobile, upper middle class with all the advantages yeah. in the world. And that doesn't stop them going into houses, apartment and become an absolute completely you-know-what. So one of the things I say to Mr. Daly is, if he wants to start pontificating about behaviour and saying it's crap parents, maybe he needs to look in the houses, apartment and start looking at those individuals or or maybe the House of Lords and look for those individuals and say, do they, do they have crap parents? I, 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 don't, I don't always think that the parents are to blame, and yeah, I think does, does all bad. Be, so there's the no. question: Does all bad behaviour come from upbringing? No, no, it can't. It, well, it, it, it's a factor. The, the question therefore then is: How much of a factor is it? How much is the ch child's nature? How much is it in their DNA? How much is it in in the preconditions? How much is it into the life experiences, the life chances they have? Or are and there's so many different things. They, the 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 friendship groups, the parents' friendship groups, they just. The trauma they might suffer yeah. or not suffer, or how they recover, the resilience rates, the stoicism rates, the, the their access to sports facilities, their access yeah. to, to care, the, the strength of their yeah. family. And that's the other thing. We, yeah. We talk about family. I talk about grandparents. Talk about the extended family. Talk about cousins. Talk about that. You know, you, parents, it, being a parent is a difficult, difficult thing. And 
to get angry sometimes when people just go, well, it's the parents and they judge. And I think that's wrong. However, parents are part, I think, of the issue. But it's the question of how much do you suggest that parents yeah. are responsible? How much is the, the child responsible? How much is, is, you know, it takes a community to raise a child. Mm. How much is the wider community? How much is the country? How much is everything connected to that child? For every person who's had any input into it, from, from the childcare to the primary school teacher, the problem is everybody's looking now when something goes wrong to point the finger and say, you know, girl gets pregnant, school aren't, school aren't teaching about sex education, you're knife crime. What are they teaching them in schools? Yeah. You know, and I'm sick and tired you, of hearing. You've also got that balance, haven't you? Because you've seen it in the news where some dead parents say, why are you teaching them about sexual education? Oh, you cannot so, win. So, so, so literally, you're, you're kind of child. And that was How dare part- you teach my child sex education? And that, and that was the that was the thing that came out just before Christmas yeah. when, the, when the government brought out some advice over, um, you know, transgender and how to deal with those policies in schools. And immediately, there was three different parents on the news giving three different perspectives absolutely and you're now thinking well this is this is really kind of so if you're at school and you've got those three different parents calling you yeah what 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 is it that you put together how do you start you're trying to do the best fit in a society now that wants as i keep saying a starbucks version of school yeah because everybody goes in there and goes i want this with that twist this with that twist can't even call it a coffee any longer. It has to be double waka waka chaka waka. With some stupid language they make up, I have no idea what. It is. Just give me a coffee. I, just give... I want one if it has got. Well, if it has got Uber account, I want to send one. I mean, just get just get like a cocktail bar now. You know what I mean? With your own little sort of like way of doing things, and that's the problem now. Everybody's second guessing everybody. He was an expert. I mean, you saw it during COVID. Everybody was an expert in, in, in transmissible diseases. Now, everybody, hey, you know, climate change is not existing. We are living in a world of post truth. Yeah. We are living in a world now where everybody. You know, parents know better than teachers. And do not get me wrong, teachers are part of it as well. We need to learn to listen and communicate better. I think we need to engage a lot more with parents. I think we need to build and earn their trust a lot more. I think we need to repair at the damage that's been done, I think, to the reputation of, the, of, of, of teaching. Because unfortunately, we haven't damaged it. It has been damaged by the government, it's been damaged by the media. And unfortunately, that leads to bad experiences. And every bad experience now is amplified by a factor of 10. Because that's it. The local newspaper has one teacher's done this or how ridiculous is this school not letting the kids. You saw it with the toilets. Every, people who don't work in schools go, it's disgraceful. The children should be allowed. It's their human rights. Well, I'll tell you what. You get your backside into school and you try and stop them vaping and going to the toilets. Get your right gear on and go. You know what I mean? It's the problem now. Everybody's got an opinion on everything. But not people have looked into it in greater depth, not looking at the evidence or the reality of it or listening to those in the middle of it. And that, I think, goes for all sides. Parents need to have an input into a child's education. But there are some times they need to shut up and say, that's the expert. That's the teacher. They kind of know what they're doing. I trust them. Yeah. I went to my so, dentist. So is, it, so is it a trust issue then? Well, I went to my dentist today, right? I handed my two, two crowns over to him and says, these came out over Christmas. Guy just puts them back in and says, you know, this is what I'm doing. He talks me through it. And then he hands me some chocolates, which was some, some, some it wasn't chocolates, it was, he, he was joking me. Right. I've known this guy like 15 years, he's been my dentist for 15 years. I'm one of the lucky people still as an NHS dentist. I can have the, you know, I can trust that he is going to go into my mouth. He is going to drill and then he's going to cause me a little bit of pain. But I'm okay with that. He's my dentist. Yeah. I'm not going to go on Google and go, that's like, that, my dentist has done this at the second I, guess. I, I, you I, know. Think, I think we should just pause and let everyone just to imagine going into your mouth. Anyway, <laughs> but that's the point. Yeah. I, I don't second guess. I mean, don't second guess my doctor. I don't second guess some individuals. But we are living in a world now 
where everybody seems to second guess everything and have an opinion to the point where the trust has been eroded. And I think we're all part of that. And our parents are part of it too as well. But going back to um to to that, I I I, I hate those headlines because it just creates a mantra of society today and that gets the fist pumps and it's that yeah. that mantra of the kids these days are like that and i don't think it's fair kids these days are majority of them are brilliant the majority of the kids these days i've taught for 20 years the majority of them yeah, they're, are they're, absolutely they're, they're, fantastic they're all, they're all brilliant but can, I, can i just come back to your point that you talk about oh it's a good point the, yeah. the, the, the experience yeah. <laughs> i just got this feeling your dentist trying to get you just just shut, just shut up for a minute so i can get, get you about he's, he's the one one of the few people <laughs> You have to like uh, sedate you in some way. Um, you talked you talk about you talk, you mentioned experiences there. How much of this do you think is a reflection slash projection from the parents' uh, experience of school themselves? I think that is a, that is an issue that if you've had a negative experience and you reinforce and that does reinforce your your concept of bullying, I think some parents now have had some trauma from yeah. stuff from school yeah. i mean uh, and and that's unfortunate and and again i think some people's version of school is colored by their experience of school and if that happened to be a negative experience of school i think that's filtering in mm-hmm. and that's going to be a bad thing because if more of our children are having such a negative experience of school by the time their parents they in turn will then pass that ideology and yeah. philosophy on to them so it, for me, then, it's, that becomes a cultural thing. And I think there's something in the Western world. I think there's something definitely. Looking at all the stories we're going to go through tonight from Canada, New Zealand, Australia, America, Britain, there's something I, in the Western world, the Anglo-Saxon world, within education about behaviour, parents, social media, mm. respect for education, recruitment, retention. There's definite patterns, I think, across mm. those parts of the world where this is happening, because this concept of snowplow parenting, of course, the word comes from America, and that's been happening there, and of course, whatever happens there seems to happen here then a few years later, or in a slightly different way, yeah. but the same patterns hold true, and the, and that's the thing, is that we're not in isolation in the UK, these, these patterns are being repeated on a global scale, especially within, you know, the Western world, especially in the, the, the older democracies, and the mature countries, I, I'd, I'd say in the North American, and, 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 and ex-European areas. It, it um, seems to be the opposite for teachers when, when, because I, I mean, I remember using it for my interview originally when going into teaching about my own kind of bad experience of education Yeah, that I wanted to then flip that. And I, I've heard it a lot from teachers. I've sat in a lot of interviews and I've heard of this, this thought of I didn't get wrong. Writing wrong. Yeah, writing wrong. Yeah. Fixing the problems you've taught. Given the opportunities that you didn't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, yeah, there is that saviour thing that we, yeah. we tend to do as teachers. So, and I think that's part of our, our the nature of going into the job. Same as, same as the nurses and the doctors. I mean, they don't go into the job to earn a lot of money. <laughs> you know, context, context excluded. Um, but you, you, there is something about that, that willingness to try and make a difference help people there's an altruism about being a teacher yeah. you're giving of yourself but you're also tapping into i think sometimes the wealth of experience you have we have to reflect and there's no there's no more important time to reflect i remember my nqt year my first year of teaching that's the toughest year of your life in, in, in your profession because there's times you, you do look at yourself and go that's why you know that's why and i mean i often i often thought myself in my first year of teaching i tried to equate kids that I was teaching to some of the kids I remembered at school, the, the kid who jokes, you know, the kid who who got bullied, the kid who, kid who was aggressive, and then 
you sort of realise, why was that kid aggressive? Oh, I was like that kid when I was at school when we found out why he was aggressive. Ah, oh, why was my mate the joker? Oh, he was a joker because, you know, he, he was covering for the fact that he wasn't going to do well as an example. You, you do end up, don't you? You do end up reflecting a lot and seeing patterns in your own sort of behaviour and then reflecting on it and then thinking that's why we are the way we are. And a good reflective teacher does that. Yeah. But that's what we are as teachers. We have to reflect um, going back to this, right? Um, we've got to do our sponsor, do our yeah, sponsor yeah, yeah. and then I want, I want to get into some time. So this show was brought in partnership with John Cat Education, um, the professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning and in schools, and especially here and around the world. And um, that's a good thing with John Cat, they are a global publisher. So have you checked out the latest releases? And you can use our code, which is JCTTR2324 for 20% off. That's JCTTR. 23, 24, 20% off. So please don't miss out. And you can also visit them at johncatbookshop.com. That's two T's as well. So John, C-A-T-T, bookshop.com to explore the full range of titles to advance your own CPD. So please check them out as well. So going into it then, um, what there has been, and I think a lot of us would agree, is a sharp uptake in the number of emails, phone call conversations, and parents who want to have a word with school, um, especially going to direct head teachers. I've noticed that a lot more um, leading to what we've called in our, our a graduated response. Now we're trying to manage the amount of complaints coming in, emails coming in, uh, queries coming in, constant sort of drip feeding of as if we're customer services. I feel like customer services rather than a teacher sometimes. Yeah. I think we need a customer services department or one of those desks you have at Tesco and go, here's the returns, here's your here's your complaints, here, here's your complaints. It gets getting a bit like that. And it is about everything from the grades that the children get, the marking, um, their friendships, their punishments, their rewards, um, their mock exams, um, uniform, behavior questions, uh, low-level complaints about teaching staff, staff said this. And I can tell you this from from my union point of view, I have never been as busy with spurious and sometimes downright spiteful complaints that are completely baseless and actually sometimes by parents who are vengeful, mm. who have agendas, let's be honest, and they have issues with certain members of staff. And I could probably start to connect those dots into misogyny, racism, I could go into just the fact that personality, they don't, some teachers aren't liked by some parents. It's always been the case. Let's be honest. Let's be frankly honest about that. There are people in my my career, I've taught two and a half thousand children. That's about 5,000 parents that I've had in my career. And I've known that there are some that just don't like me. Do I care? No. But they're going to have to respect me because as far as I'm concerned, I respect them. And there have been times when I've had to speak to a, a, a parent about how they were speaking to one of my female colleagues and how they were speaking to one of my female colleagues I felt was misogynistic and I felt that his son was misogynistic and I defended my colleague there in a parent's evening basically and said the conversation is over I'm not having you speak to my colleague like that this is not acceptable and how they responded was exactly the way I saw their child responding so if you're doing your child no favours in the world that we're living in now he's going to be in serious trouble and that escalated pretty quickly, but there was no way in God's green earth, there was no force in the universe going to make me back down on that yeah. because I felt, you know what, you are bang out of order. You, you, cannot, speak, you cannot speak 
to one of my colleagues who I thought is so so out of order. And I think that's happening a lot more now about situations I've seen in, in with two colleagues I've mentioned before, where, where two, two separate colleagues in two separate schools who've been told by the local police it's unfortunate that they live in the same area that they teach because they've been targeted by some local kids targeting the school teachers across two schools. Where are the parents in that? And again, I know that one of those children, I suspect, or I know who one of them is, parent completely is enabling it. They they think it's funny. They think it's a joke. They think we're there to be got at. So they so, are extreme so, so, cases. So again, is that their experiences coming through? They hate school, don't like school, yeah. don't like us teachers, don't like you, don't respect us, don't, you know, everything had to be a conflict and a fight. You're not doing this, you're not doing that, blame, blame, blame. Mm. That's the society we're living in now. Just to flip it though, I've also had very positive conversations this year about parents that call up and just say, just give me a quick summary of how they get yeah. and what yeah. needs to be done next. Um, so that, that can be a very flip on that as well, can't it? Oh, that, that you, you, you do get those conversations as well. I think you're absolutely right. You probably, right. You, probably rem- you, or what you always remember those very the negative ones. Those, 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 those very True. negative ones. But, but the negative ones have become more... Well, they hurt, they hurt, don't they? No, because, but they become, they become more dangerous. They become personal because you're the teacher. Right? But that's what I mean. They be- I think they become more dangerous. They yeah. become more career-ending. They become more snide, nasty. And, and with the advent of social media and the likes of that, they've become actually very, very um, harsh. And, and, and in ways before, there was nicknames for our teachers when we were at school. Of course there was. Those teachers were popular or unpopular. Of course there was. But it's never got to the stage where people are doing TikTok videos about the teachers. It's never been to that stage of ridicule, undermining, and downright disrespect from yeah. rude, almost open rudeness. And that's not just coming from the children. That has been filtered down from how the child has felt. They are unable to do it. And how and I say this, I say this in all ways. There are some children um, who are told by their parents, you know, it's okay, don't don't listen to that one. Listen to that one, don't listen to that one. I, I think mm. there's like a there's like a running order of that's a teacher you can respect. That's a teacher not, and 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 I think that's coming from home sometimes because imagine you don't respond the way that they want in an email. Imagine you don't give them what they want. You can imagine the conversation at the dinner table going like, I mean, we've had a situation where a child was sent into school to entrap a teacher using um the watch on the phone, sent in with a specific conversation to undermine the teacher about this gender this this whole gender thing. And it was plainly obvious that was a setup. It was plainly obvious that 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 teacher was being set up by parents at home, using their child to entrap the member's staff. Mm. For why? Because that they didn't like his politics. We've had instances of, of LGBT teachers being run out of schools. We've had instances of, and this goes, cuts across all political sides. I mean, I think this, this is the problem now. Schools are starting to mirror society in that way, and, and, and society's become a little bit toxic and nasty and, and taking sides. And God bless any head teachers, because they're having to field all these questions from parents and Close the school from one set of parents. So this is happening a lot more recently. Like there's snow on the roads and we have buses coming in. And the head teachers, God bless them, have to make a decision to keep the school open or close the school. And it's, it's roulette. Yeah. They close the school and there is people up in arms going, oh, it's just a couple of snowflakes. What's going on in this country? They keep the school open. And then there's parents complaining, going, those buses aren't safe. There's a, you cannot yeah. win. Well, if you imagine, you imagine from the head's point, your son gets injured that day. I mean, all hell breaks at that point. They're second guess. They're second guess, and and that again during the likes of COVID, that was the situation during COVID. Did they wear masks? Not wear masks? And again, our decision makers were always those people who were getting in the neck and getting emails and complaints. And I think that's what's starting to happen a lot more. There's a lot more complaints coming in, 
and a lot more complaints that are sometimes, I think, genuine. Let's be honest. I think there is. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes course, we yeah. teachers get it wrong. Yeah. Sometimes the grade is wrong. Sometimes, you know, we <laughs> say we make a mistake. We're yeah, fallible. But, yeah. but I've had this question that I've thought to myself, and I've voiced it before. Are they actually complaints? Because you hear this word a lot, don't you? Uh, this person's called into claim. Can you, can you deal with this complaint? But sometimes, I look, I look at it afterwards, when I'm called down at home later, thinking, was that a complaint? Or was it just a comment? Mm. Was it just a kind of like, you know, a, a parent actually, we, we take it as a complaint, and it's kind of dealt with as a complaint. Yeah. But actually, you think, is it a complaint? Or is it just, is it just a fix? Because, you know, we, we've had, you know... I would like that word changed. It's, it's, it's nice to throw the hospitality industry under the bus, but we've had absolutely horrendous service over the, over the holiday. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on, maybe. Maybe there's a, there's a B word that we're not allowed to say that's, um, that's caused different uh, hospitality problems in the UK. I'm staying out of this. <laughs> but the... When, when we we don't complain anymore, but we do go and say to the manager, "This happened," and, and we we like we we're very careful to say we're not complaining here. That's feedback. We we are just we are just explaining. But that's our, that's we're, feedback, we're, isn't it? It's not even that really. We're just explaining our perspective. Yeah. So what we're saying to you is, we came here to, tonight, like a, like a parent would send their child to a school. Mm. This is you, this is our perspective of what we expected. This is what you delivered, which is the same, isn't it? If you're going to go down this kind of private sector marketization mm. of schools, and there's a mismatch of the two. Now, as long as it's sorted, as long as that that manager says, actually, actually, I've heard what you said, and yes, we we got that wrong. And I can understand your yeah. perspective, and you know what we'd like to do is fix that problem by. You know, coming back and it doesn't have to, it doesn't necessarily have to be money off or something, but just just to just to know it's been dealt with, and then and then actually we're more than happy to come back and use that service again. Mm. Um, so, so maybe maybe us as teachers need to learn customer service well, roles. Well, if, if that's you're right. That's I mean, I mean, the, 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 a lot of schools have policies not like of um, when you respond from emails. My my policy is if a parent's being horrible in the email. Um, I'll respond when I want. I'm, I'm not going to respond to them. Mm. In fact, there are times when I get a, an email, I'm going, I'm not responding to that. Somebody's going to respond to it. I'm not responding yeah. to it. Who's responding to it? I'm not responding to that. Because I, I, I've been... I'm going to ring a telephone. I, I'm going to ring the, And I will contact. And I will call. And I'll have... Or a face-to-face. I would rather... The amount of times that I have had an email, and then I've had a face-to-face, and that person's come out and said, oh, that was a lot of easy. And I thought, this is why yeah. parents eat, and this is why face-to-face... And this is why the old school is so much better. You could build, I wouldn't have, you know, imagine my dentist was doing treating me 15 years remotely. I wouldn't be able to build up that rapport and relationship with the guy. Yeah. You know, I, he wouldn't be able to squeeze me in, you know, as a personal thing. You know, you build relationships yeah. and, and it takes two way. You're right. It does take two way. You've got to work hard to win parents over. Absolutely. Yeah. But they've also got to not, they have to change their expectations of schools yeah. as if we are some sort of, as I say, customer services, yeah. you know, we are teaching 417 children. How that once for ah, parents, ah, so, so, you know, so, 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 they don't get that. Right, so this is getting to the wider issue then. Your children in primary school now. Correct. And right. I think there's a big, big okay. difference in primary right. school so, and direction so, so, and secondary. So, so, so um, in terms of your relationship with their one teacher mm. and head teacher and maybe their pastoral SEN lead, if you kind of have that kind of contact. Yeah. What is that like? 
How how would you kind of describe that? Because I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> I'm going to ask my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but then you know, and, and there is one lead parent in it. Mm. it. It's more it's more my wife because if it's if it's if, when are the parents evenings? Two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Don't get to go to them. When when is those contact times to go in and oh, let's go see the nativity play during the day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get the yeah. and that's that's the, that's the discriminatory thing of being a teacher or being a parent. My wife has to has to do a lot a lot of that. Yeah. It's not because not because I don't want to. It's because I'm busy doing my job, yeah. looking after everybody else's yeah. kids, and, and 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 I do resent that a little bit. But that that comes back to the problem of it's easy to be. Imagine you've got two parents who are teachers. Yeah. Then what happens? Yeah. But so it's just go back to the core issue. Though. I, I I think what we had from primary school was a bit more of a kind of easier easier access. Oh yeah, yeah. To to, to that person. And because I think of, it was more frequent and access because of to that one person, person yeah. seeing your child, what, eight day, eight hours yeah. a day, if you do breakfast club and next yeah. day, so you've got eight hours a day, they're going to know your child pretty much as much as well True. As, as you do. If, but if you only have to build a relationship with one to two correct. individuals. And that's one personality as well, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And, and of course, you'll probably know about that person beforehand because you'll go... Who do you have next year? You already have a precursor of what that teacher's like yeah. because maybe your siblings have may have gone through your siblings may have gone through there yeah. or they have a rep- reputation in the school. The kids themselves already know, you know, oh I've got such and such a teacher. Oh they're all, they're very strict on that, they're very good on that, yeah, they're very musical. Yeah. So they come with that already. Whereas in a secondary school, the transient nature of one hour, one hour, one hour, you have what, fourteen to fifteen teachers. And that becomes then you can imagine the overloaded parent. And the child comes home and says, I didn't get what I wanted. My maths grades are terrible. The first thing that the child might turn and says, well, you've had six maths teachers. What's going on with the maths department? I'm going to make a complaint. It's not good enough. And I think sometimes they target the wrong individuals. I yeah, think yeah. they sometimes, and I think this is what parents do sometimes, they go for the person they think they're going to get the most out of. Or, you know, I don't get as many complaints as say some of my colleagues. I've even had parents saying that there's no point complaining to you. So why? <laughs> Why? 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 That's, why? The, that's, why? The, that's your Christmas service. Well, because it's going to be. Don't bother. But, 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 and, and, because, and it's, well, because I'll solve that in about 30 seconds. In other words, a mature, you know, ankle biter like me isn't going to get the same sort of treatment. And I think, unfortunately, I yeah. think that's the problem. They pick and they choose. Do some teachers inadvertently thinking they're building relationships? End up almost giving too much power away. I think some yeah. teach. I think some teachers pacify parents. Yeah. And come and see. Te- me. Have te- a shot. Have te- a shot. But also, I think some head teachers do this, and some parents become nightmares mm. because to apply the Winston Churchill narrative, mm. appeasement makes the aggressor stronger. If you have some parents, especially parents of children who've got complex needs. And unfortunately, when they get to secondary school, they may have had such a nightmare going through the system, going through all sorts of systems to get their children what they need. I think they're very quick to just basically, you're another, you're another obstacle in my way. And I felt like that. And I had to say yeah. to a parent once, you, you felt that I was an obstacle to get another barrier to get you what you wanted. Mm-hmm. What you wanted and what I wanted was exactly the same thing. I want the best for your child. But she felt I had to prove it because they had been burnt so many times course, before. Yeah. So it's experience. And, it's experience thing. and that's the thing is, is it's it's you have to sometimes look behind the behaviour, same as the child, yeah. look behind the parent and say, why is that parent doing that? What is it? What is it driving it? Is it a desire to want the best for their child? Okay, who doesn't who doesn't like a parent who doesn't want the best for their child? That's at least I'd rather respect them for wanting the best for their child. But the problem is 
too often they're burning bridges with the wrong people and going after the wrong people. Or they've learned the pattern of behavior of, I shout loud, I threaten, I yeah. threaten off said, I'll get what I want. Yeah. And if that pattern but, 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 is set, but, but, if somebody's caved in, they've set that pattern yeah. and that pattern gets repeated over but, and over again. You get that, can't you? Because as a parent, if, if my child had uh, complex needs yeah. and the school wasn't giving it me, I mean, what what is it that I can do? I haven't got the funds for privates. There's um, there's no specialist schools around my area to go mm-hmm. to. I've got I've got, got a neighbour with a child with complex needs. They're being taught at home at the minute because there's just nowhere for him to go in the local area. There's nowhere for him to go. And so so if he was sent to the local you know comprehensive school, his needs wouldn't be met. Yeah. So therefore, what what is that parent meant to do? You know, in in some respects. Because because they're, they're just they're just completely trapped. And that's when you get you know councillors being brought in, yeah. politicians being brought in, the media being brought in, newspapers being brought in, offset being threatened. Yeah. Um, as a teacher, we want the same thing as the parent, don't we? True. We we, we don't look at that child. We we, we you know, I'm speaking for myself really, and I think for you, Brent, that we don't put. I don't try and create barriers. You know, I I, no. I, I want to try and you know my goal. You know, a bit like you're looking, you're looking at a football manager mm. is, is is to is is for my class to win the league, and that league is to get their grades as close to their target grades as possible. That's ultimately what I want to achieve in a kind of quantitative way, in a qualitative way. I want them to learn the subject, enjoy the. But subject. there's something there's something about I think there's something that grinds on teachers about somebody trying to jump the queue, and that does happen too. Yes, there are those who are trying to game the system. There are those that are blackmailing, cajoling, and trying to give their child every advantage they can in every small little way because they see it as a game. And and, and that is a societal thing, that is maybe a cultural thing, but we are living in that world now where do, do, when do, I've do had private schools create that game. Well, I think I think that's filtered all the way down. I think it's filtered all the way. It's, it's I want what I want, I want the best of my child, you're you're in my way, give me what I want. Or else, there's a lot of threat focused on it. It's a lot of I will take it to the governors. I will take it to your head teacher. I will get you sacked. I will do this. I will do that. There's a lot of that entitlement, and and that's the word that you hear a lot about the children being said about. All oh, these children are quite entitled. Where is that coming from? And it's a societal thing. It's a cultural thing. It's a kind of I get what I want, or else you will feel what my litigations. You know, I I know a solicitor. And you've heard that. How many, you know, people listen tonight or people listening back. How many times have you overheard, you know, a conversation from one of your colleagues where somebody has been threatened by illegal, somebody has been threatened by Ofsted, somebody has been threatened by, and parents are very good at that. Some parents have actually, of course, realised that the schools are vulnerable or they go above their head. You know, I'm going to go to the chair of governors. I'm going to go and complain to the local press. I'm going to destroy the reputation. Unfortunately, spitefully and vengefully, the local media is, is full of stories yeah. like that. So I was going to say, who, who's, the, who's the driver of this? Is, is, it, is it the Department of Education are telling parents that this is the way that you do things? Is it Ofsted or is it just a kind of, is it just a, Everybody, is, it like it, a is it like a mum's net kind of thing? Well, mum's net's part of it. I mean, what's been an increase in these parents' rights groups like us for them and those people going, same with you're saying about sex education. We don't want our children to be taught this. What are they teaching history in schools? Everybody now wants history taught their way, their history taught their way. You know, my child to be taught this. And the problem is people have forgotten when you send your child into school, 
it's a shared environment yeah. and that you have to compromise. But is, but is, that, is, but is that... Ex- but I mean, people is, aren't willing to compromise anymore. Yeah, but I, just, I just wonder, has, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've had conversations, for example, we had a conversation over over New Year, whatever, so many parent, people have had parent, parent kind of debates over Christmas meals and the one we had was on national insurance and I'll get, mm. I'll get to the reason for it. And um, my dad was very much the case of, you know, where, where you know, I expect I expect this from the NHS. Yeah, and and we and the the kind of forty year olds around the table were having a very different opinion. Going, well, no, not really. It shouldn't be. It's not. It's not that first class. You just walk through the door and get served anymore. It's it's this. And actually, when we we obviously after everyone kind of got a bit angry and cross about it, once we'd calmed down, he explained back in the kind of nineteen fifties, early sixties. That's how it was explained to him. Mm. When you paid national insurance, this is what happened. You got top-notch education, top-notch. Well, that's the social contract. So, so I just wonder... That's the social contract. Has, and obviously politicians want to, uh, when they're coming up to election next, this year, at yeah. some point, they will again, I would. every party is going to promise this thing about education, and they don't ever really, well, not since... Well, I've been a teacher. Ever really delivered? No. Tony Blair was getting quite close with universities and things. Was made some of the promises. There was a philosophy yeah, there, wasn't yeah. there? Was there at least at least a philosophy yeah. of an end goal of I want a higher educated society yeah. with more individuals going to university, yeah. Yeah. and so at the least there was that. Yeah, and again, again, whether yeah. whether you agree or not agree, Michael, go. There was a clear direction of travel, wasn't there? And you, you could argue they could. Be, yeah, there, I, there, there were KPIs within that where they were. They could be measured. I, had, he had a, I, I didn't agree with everything he was doing. Some of the things he did, some of the things he didn't. But he had a philosophy, yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah, they, they could be there was, a, they there could was be an measured. ideology yeah, behind what he yeah, was doing. Yeah. Um, so, so my, my question is, are we, are we setting, are we almost setting ourselves up? To, are, are we saying, if you look at, again, we've talked about the adverts on the uh, TV for teaching, what the public sees as teaching, and what and, and what we probably do sometimes at a parents' evening or open evening or that type of thing, mm. you know, I remember going to my daughter's school. First thing we saw as we walked walked in was two students playing chess on, on a poster. Yeah. Now my daughter's been there two years. She's never been able to find a chess club. Oh, so, 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 I, so I just wonder sometimes. The you mean market, it, 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 the it's, the, it's those screens that you see of like them playing with Bunsen burners? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love the. They always, they always have. They always go for the science experiments yeah. and, and, science and, 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 and it's like here they are, look with goggles on, smiling while they burn something with a Bunsen burner yeah, on the yeah. background. Oh yeah, I mean all that stuff. Yeah. Well, um, what might be more realistic is maybe a a pastoral designing a paper airplane across uh, well, the classroom or, or, or a pastoral <laughs> lead, maybe yeah. having a conversation with a child who's got the head on the desk because because actually that is dealing with reality. Yeah. Isn't it? So, so I just wonder sometimes if the marketing of schools and what we're what we're projecting out, as soon as that, as soon as halfway through year seven comes and the kid comes home and goes, well, I've had another cover teacher today. I've had, uh, you know, they they don't really. How how much does how much of what we're talking about gets out there to the wider public, and how much do, how much does that then kind of impact on their uh, what they're expecting from their experience? And yeah. therefore, there's going to be a divide, so there's going to be disappointment, and, and rightly so. If 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 you if you find out that your child is just, you know, in the you know, but here's the thing: nobody wants to, to hear that their child is average. 
This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Bet UK is empowering the everyday wins. Cheeky grins. <laughs> Big conversations. Budding aspirations. Our goal? To make EdTech accessible and teaching exceptional. Join the global education community on the 24th to the 26th of January 2024 as we make education better together. Visit www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Or your child isn't doing well. Yeah. Nobody wants, everybody has to succeed. But and when you, you explain, I explain to the children and say, you do know that the pass rates, there's only so many percentage of people get the top grades. You're in competition with yeah. every other child in the country. Yeah. And you're expected, that's the problem, is you're expected with these parents to go, oh, I've got these children. And it's it's getting back to this thing about what are you doing as the teacher? What yeah. are you teaching them? Why aren't they prepared? It's that local responsibility. And, and yeah. this is happening a lot more. And we saw this again during COVID. Parents are now interacting more with teachers more than ever before um, over grades. Mm-hmm. Um, Professor Frederick Moll of the University of Luxembourg was speaking to the BBC. He says, it's become the parents' responsibility if their child fails in education, so to speak, and also the school's responsibility as well. And therefore, there's more engagement over grades. And we've seen a lot of that. Parental queries over mock exam grading, over grading, over, you know, this one is without a shadow of a doubt one of the things that you see a lot in secondary setting. If schools have sets, it can get really tricky with some parents. Why is my child not top set? What do they need to do to get into top set? And you speak to some of the children in the top sets, they don't want to be in there because the pressure they're put under is absolutely chronic. And there's that kind of water cooler conversation thing of polite conversation with your friends, but well, how's your children doing at school? There's a lot of, of cultural course, capital. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, what parent turns around and says, by the way, my child's not very clever, but I love them all the same. No, you don't. You're like, oh, they're doing well. My, my own parents, I had 24 cousins, and 22 out of 24 went to university. Two, God bless them, didn't they? I mean, if you imagine the conversations in our family, if you didn't go to uni, you were branded beyond failure. That wasn't just failure. You're disowned. You, you don't even know this. You're brushed out of history. And that's what happens a lot. A lot of pressures put on. Parents put a lot of pressure on themselves. And they put a lot of social pressure on themselves to have those conversations of, oh, well, they're not doing well at school. Well, it's a bit like, you know, uh, well, I, I, I've, I'm going to go and speak to the school about it and see what they can do about it. Because, you know, and, and it's like, oh, well, that teacher's not so good. I think, again, I think parents had in their heads of lead tables about good teachers, not good teachers. And I think they pass it on to their children. And I don't always think that's based on good information. I think that's based on perception rather than reality. And it's yeah. not taken into account the most important factor in that, and that is the child, the child's intrinsic motivation, the child's drive, the child's sleeping patterns, whether the child's up playing chat manager like me at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, dear God of almighty, there are so many different things, but it comes down to this. The one factor they can have a go at is the person in the classroom, is the teacher. And I think we're getting a lot of it 
a lot of that unwarranted. And, and, and again, schools are not helping us because how many of us have been exposed and never supported because a bullshit parent, a snow-plowing parent has complained and complained and complained to a head of department and that head of department just went and went, I'm going to move that child into my class. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's a wider problem. Isn't oh. it? It is when there's a kind of. I'm going to move that. I'm going to move that child. I can handle that parent. It's all right. I wonder how many heads of department will take the flack like yeah. that and solve it, or how many would turn around and go, mm, "Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you know they're training." I mean, it's those conversations that are hard that people get undermined by other people because they don't get defended. How many head teachers have not defended their colleagues mm-hmm. and said, "And that's the line that has to be held sometimes." is that unfortunately if some parents are placated and they think they've won and they think they've got what they wanted my child got moved up to the set i went to the school they complained hmm, the school listened to me does that make them a believe that they have justified in their actions or b you know is it fair but unfortunately within education at the moment i think like a lot of things in this country you shout loud enough have enough connections have enough cultural capital have enough sort of uh, moxie about you and you can just blag your way to it. Mm. And this is what snow plowing parenting is. It's blagging your way for your children and for the benefit of your children and gaming a system it's, it's by any yes, means it's, possible. It's competitive advantage, isn't it? It's competitive advantage. Yeah, but, it, but it's, really a good it's, word. A, it's a business term. So that, mm. that's, then it gets, brings us back to have schools gone across this line from the public into the kind of public service. Well, we're now semi-privatised we, we, we businesses. We are, so, so, yeah. but, if, but if that is the case, then teachers also need to be trained like customer service representatives, don't they? Point. We, we, can't, we can't kind of, we can't dip our, we, can, we can't just keep going, we're altruistic, so you we're think, public service, we have to actually accept it. Do so you think there should be a module in teacher, module in teacher training that says, Here's how to handle, handle an angry school plowing parent. Yeah. Here's how to handle this. Correct, yeah. Here, here's yeah. how to handle this child. Here's how to handle complaints. Yes. Here's how to manage this. Here's how to make a phone call. Yeah. Funny I'm thing not, is, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm but I'm saying you make a valid point. The, 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 the disappointment with teachers sometimes, and I, and I wonder if this is impacting on the the, the recruitment retention mm. crisis. Is actually that we get very much a tunnel vision of you know we are creating we're writing the wrongs of the past. We're sorting yeah. out society, and actually, the reality is we're taking a hit, aren't we? Is, is we are just a business, mm. so therefore, why don't we just just go for it and say, right, guys? I know this might be not might be what you'd signed up for. Uh, maybe you could train new teachers like this, but ultimately, you are a customer service representative that teaches lessons, and, and that is the mod, that is the framing of, of of what a teacher is. I think you've got a point. Uh, according to the, the um, pandemic. Has made things worse. There's more, more, and again, more parents groups in both the US and the UK. In the UK, it's seen an increase in parents who desire to control constant communication and reassurance, not just around children's attainment, but around their social <laughs> interactions too. So, year heads will tell you it's constant about their friends, constant about their lives. I think we're far too involved in the lives of some children, and and some teachers now, especially the year heads and the pastoral teams, are so much now about the life of if you knew what was going on in that child's life, and you're like, okay, I don't, but. What, what, what am I here, a social worker or a teacher? I think there's a definite mission creep that's happening. And it's not a bad thing in some ways because once you get the full picture, then you can help the child more. But it is a burden that we have now when we know all this information about certain children and, and, and you have to then factor in that into behaviour systems. And again, what is the mission of school? 
but in both countries, the same UK and US, uh, more parents are opting out of traditional schooling and homeschooling is increasing. Again, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the United States and UK have all seen a massive increase. Uh, it's tripled in the US. It's gone up by 50% since the pandemic in the UK, the amount of homeschooling. So I think there's something in that as well of, well, you know what, maybe I could do it better than the teacher. Maybe I, I want to pull my kid out of the mainstream school and do what I want to do. So many different reasons for homeschooling, but that is a definite rise in that as well. Um, the professor was saying, he says, some of the reasons for this is the parents need more oversight, more communication over schools, more control. People need to feel more control. Um, and it's cultural and economic issues as well, such as vast you know, changes in parent expectations. Yeah. He also said parent, parenting demands are changing how some schools operate. Schools are trying techniques such as more, more frequent detailed communications working harder to get their message out in front before so that's what you're saying websites constant communications bulletins going home yeah. um text messages going out when you think of the amount of interaction schools are doing that used to be parents even was one interaction a year how many how many micro interactions are yeah. there and more in micro interactions you have with parents then the more questions there are and then the more they want out it's yeah. almost like we're over communicating sometimes the in the wrong way with parents aren't we and the one communication that re could resolve this is literally a sit down for five minutes or a five minute telephone conversation. Mm. Going back to your previous point about you, you, you teachers, I had an NQT and and they were struggling with a parent phone call, and I overheard them, and basically it was they were they were they were all over the place, and they had they basically handed the telephone to me and said, "Can you speak to this parent, please?" Yeah. Within five minutes, bit of charm, bit of Irish sort of blah, mm. I turned the parent round and I got off the phone and, and she looked at me and went, "How did you do that?" Yeah. And I went. What do you mean? How did you do that? You were laughing with them. They would. They're human. Remember, they're a human being. Yeah. La la la. I talked. I talked them through what I was doing. Find something in common. La la. And it's exactly what you're saying. We are not trained to be yeah. public service. No, public. no. I, I don't know it because because you know I, I've had this con. And I had worked in a call center, so well, I did use uh, that training. Well, well this this is this is the thing. So have I, and. Uh, before that, I worked since I was <laughs> I was borrowing my kids over their holiday mm. at twelve. I don't know if this was legal or not. I was working. I, I was. I was. Well, I was working in restaurants. I was gonna say you thought you were a chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm the next art champion. At, <laughs> at, 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 he does not love sixteen. <laughs> tell you what. I'll tell you what. The memes are brilliant. What sixteen year old with a twenty one year old girlfriend? He, have, you, have you seen the one? Uh, have you seen the one where? You see his diet. <laughs> just don't come out. But you know what? Yeah, fair play to the fair play to the kid. Yeah. Fair, fair we won't have the conversation of what is a squad. Oh, but, no, but, but the um, but the, the the thing was is that I I think that working in those very very hostile um, environments, mm. kitchens, restaurants, mm. call centres, and then I became a teacher at twenty four, yeah. twenty five, yeah. actually gave me something. Not that it's correct in any sense, but having. Um, a parent on the phone for me is a million times better than a drunk six foot guy, <laughs> you know, swearing at me in the face. Do you know what I mean squaring up to me in yeah. the face? Do you know what I mean? So I have a different kind of perspective of it because I, I have I've I felt I felt in one sense that my literal life has been threatened. In, I also in, think in, in previous jobs, and then this is kind of. I think some of my colleagues have lost their moxie and their confidence. Mm, of course, yeah. And I think they're vulnerable. Yeah, but and I, I, feel, and I, and I, I feel that. And I, I think some parents have taken advantage of that vulnerability. Hmm.
I think they're privy to understanding the vulnerability of some staff within their own departments and even school. And I think the scuffle of back channels and talk about how all the teachers talk about other teachers. Kids can sense and they know. I met an ex-pupil there the other day and I was out with friends and he came over and shook his hand and everything else and I've got mates rates at the local, the local eatery. And he was talking me through, oh, who's still there? Who's still there? And he, said, he mentioned one member of staff. And I says, yeah, they've retired. Well, you didn't, didn't know how to discipline the class there, did they? And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I really loved their class, but didn't know how to discipline the class. And you think, that's the reputation. Oh, that's, yeah. And you think, but it's difficult the kids know that. It's difficult because some, sometimes the reputation is that there's too much discipline in them. But the kids know that. Bring that back to the parents. And then are the parents sometimes thinking, I can get more out of that person because they're one... And, and yeah, I, I hate where saying the, where that. The game is, yeah. And that's the game. It's a yeah. game to some people because everything's a game now, isn't it? Everything's a game, and you have to win, and it's competitive, and it's get one over, and it's winning, and it's it's just become that school. You know, it's just everything ends justify the means yeah. to some individuals now, and especially if they're successful and they get what they want, then that that encourages them. But anyway, let's yeah. talk about um, our sponsor, John Cat Education. Who are the publisher of fine books and resources and teaching? Which I'm sure there's behaviour management ones. Oh, and, and all, 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 all the rest. There is plenty of behaviour management ones in there. Um, fantastic behaviour management ones indeed. Um, learning about schools, and of course they are global as well. John Cat Education. So please check out their latest releases, and you can use our special code, which is JCTTR2324. So it's JCTTR. 23 and 24 and that's for 20 percent off your first order or your order actually keep ordering as many i don't know if it's first order or as many orders as possible but check that out and see tell me if you know um and that's john cat bookshop you'll find them and there's two t's as well so john c-a-t-t bookshop.com to explore the full range of titles to advance your own professional development and please enjoy um, I do get emails from John Cat to my school email, which always makes me laugh every time I get one. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> hi. Hey, John. I wonder if a real person. If I didn't meet him, I'd have to go, hello, John, and go, ah. I, w- I wouldn't. I'd call him, hi, John Cat Books. Oh, no, you would not. <laughs> but if you're listening, John, I, yeah. oh, thank you very much for sponsoring this <laughs> as well. And uh, no pun invented on any of your words whatsoever. Right. Um, so snowplowing parenting is this idea that parents close down the barriers and, and make, it's called, called lawnmower parenting. So par- parents basically move all the barriers of the children out of the way because they don't want their children to fail, because they want their children to succeed. So it comes from that benevolent place of wanting the best for your parent, which we established. I have an element of it in me, you probably as well, because we all want the best for our children, especially when I value education. So I've been tempted over the course of my life to sometimes be that snowplow parent. But because of my background of being a teacher, I, I don't think I could do it, if that makes sense, because I'd have the empathy of I know what it feels like on the other side. So what I'm saying is I am excusing some parents for doing it because maybe they are not aware that they're doing it. And maybe they think that is acceptable way to do it because maybe nobody's had the courage to turn and say, by the way, you're a right pain and you know what, you're a snowplow parent and how horribly you've been to, the, been to those teachers. Who has stood up to these individuals? Because in a society now where everybody picates, if you're a snowplow parent and you're successful and you think it works, then you are going to tell other people, I think it's an endemic. I think it's one of those things that if you see other people doing it, then you realise that's the way to do it. You'll then turn around to somebody on social media and say, I went into that school and I taught that teacher and I stood up for those kids. And and, and before you know it, you've got a whole endemic yeah. sort of culture then of, of parents who network with each other going, 
well, if my child gets moved out of what you move that, it's a bit like a kid, you move that child into that set, what's wrong with my child? Yeah. I think that's what's happening as well. I think I think people are talking yeah. to each other but, but, and realizing this is how you do it. But me and my wife had this conversation because we thought my daughter had been put into the wrong wrong set. Oh, imagine that. And we just we just kind of I, I was very much like you. I was kind of just holding back, holding back. And eventually it was corrected. And the school actually contacted us to say they realised they'd made a mistake and they'd sorted it out. But it, it was kind of that thing of, we know it's wrong. My daughter knew it was wrong. The school wasn't saying anything. And it just kind of went on a little bit longer than we thought it was going to do. But I'm so glad, actually, we just held fire. Yeah. Because actually, I didn't want to be that parent that, that jumped in there. Because I thought, in year seven, that would be very much the wrong... That would have set that relationship off on a very different path. Yeah. And actually, just because we were able just to hold off that little longer, um, I think it built a stronger relationship with the teacher in the end. Um, but again, talking about customer service and sorting things out, that person contacted us yeah. and explained the situation afterwards. So again, we felt that we'd, we'd had that validation because we thought we were right with something. Then it turned out we were right, but then there was a fix, there was a solution to it. Yeah. So, um, if it hadn't been fixed, I don't know how I would have felt. Do you know what I mean? Luckily, I, luckily, I wasn't put in that position. The school was able to kind of. But the thing just is, by natural, you but you were aware that you were going down into the, you were going to the dark side of the yes, force. Yes, correct. We were, we were, we were, we were heading down that tunnel. Yeah. And it was just a matter of my wife just kept saying, just, just pull back. Just pull back. So you had the angel on one shoulder and you had the demon on the other shoulder and the dark side was calling you to use well, your... My daughter, you know. My daughter as well, remember, yeah. is saying that I think that this stuff that do, what I'm doing is too easy. Yeah. I should be... Do you know what I mean? This, this, she was saying to me, this is easier than what I was doing last year. Yeah. When last year she was being given extension things in the class at primary school. So I'm kind of... you kind of feeding... As, as, a, as a parent... You're feeding a lot of this information. You're not there. Right. As a parent. Yeah. And as a parent to a parent who's on teacher's talk radio, who's also teachers. Welcome to Parent Talk Radio. <laughs> Do you know of any of your friends who are snow, snow players? I, I, not that they've admitted to. But they are. I would, so I, got, I, I would, I would have thought so, yeah. I've got a snow player yeah. in our extended friendship group. And, and they are. Is it on your phone? Oh, no, no, no. They were like, they, they are what I like to call 11 Arifers. Okay, you have to explain that to me. 11 Arif. Well, if you mean a 10 Arif, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can do 11 Arif. Okay, right. Okay, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, you, okay. you know, and you know, their child is doing this, their child is doing that, their yeah. child's all fantastic and your, oh, your yeah. artwork's on the fridge and you're like, wow, aren't they advanced for their age? Ooh, little child genius. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see it already. I can yeah. see the die being cast into, and that poor child being cast into the, the sort of like, I have to go to university. And I was reading some articles on this and some of them were quite hilarious. And they were like, this, this one here is from 2014. It was like SPPs. <laughs> abbreviates SPPs to snowplowed parents okay, clear all obstacles out of their child's way to ensure a smooth path to success at the moment of their birth they put down to the best nurseries which feed into the best schools and universities and are on the bar or the bank 
they barge through London playgrounds, leaving nothing to chance. So it's a London-centric article. Parenting has become so vicious that mothers are literally each other's throats, says Karen Doherty, a London-based parenting and family specialist with four children in Rome. I've seen mothers ostracised because their daughter got into a competitive school, but the worst I've seen is a mother whose daughter wasn't offered an interview to a top day of school. She called up the school and demanded a change its mind. She snowplowed her daughter in after all. And at the school gates, they saw another girl who came on her own who asked her mother if she knew which building to go to. The mother replied, this is a competition. Go find it yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is um, this is social Darwinism, isn't it? This yeah. is kind of like survival will make you stronger. You know, survival of the fittest. When their children are as young as five, SPPs, snowplowing parents, are already hawkishly looking ahead. You can spot them by the use of the first person plural, as in, we are taking our GCSEs. Funny, you know that conversation. We're taking our GCSEs yeah. this year. You're like, yeah. we are taking our GCSEs. These are the type of people that are the reason why coursework doesn't exist any longer, yeah. because these are the type of people who were doing the coursework yeah. back in the day, you know? And then you were going, hmm. That coursework is suspiciously very good for your child. Did you help them? Oh, no, we did not. Oh, that word processing looks goosey. Yeah, we know we've been there, haven't we? They believe one bad bad man's exam at junior school is enough to be demoted permanently to B-list and end up on the top prep schools would even consider them. So I could go on with the rest of the article, which is written in a tongue-in-cheek manner, but it's basically there are people out there who are so competitive that they will do what needs to be done regardless of the collateral you're a head teacher, you're a teacher, you're in their way, and they are going to do everything in their in their power to ensure that their children are given the best opportunities. Now, I forgive them for one reason and one reason only. It's because they care. And it is because they care I would rather deal with them because at least they care enough about education. For me, that's the key thing I want from a parent. I want a parent to be engaged. But what we're saying tonight is what is the right level of engagement do we want parents to be more slow plowy because at least then they'll 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 come and they'll engage you won't get the engagement well but at least they care or is it easier for us if they just never yeah. come so, so we've got a couple of people um in today so we've got uh cats daisy is that right yep and Stephen. Yep. And Stephen, so what are your thoughts uh would you like to kind of butt in at any point and let us know kind of your thoughts on are you a snowplower? Are you a snowplower yourself? Have you fallen for the dark side? Uh, have you shamelessly snowplowed at any stage? Have you been a victim of a snowplowing parent? Have you been, have you been on been the snow Have you been snowplowed? <laughs> <laughs> or lawnmowered, because it's also called lawn, lawn mowered or snowplowed. Have you got an example of snowplowing parent getting what they want and, and, and it being unfair? Have you seen snowplowing parents being stood up against and stood up, you know, and, and being, being, well, the snowplow being inundated with so much snow that it wasn't able to plow any longer. Well, how would you how do you stop a snowplow? How do you stop a snowplow? How do you stop a snowplow? Um, it's one of those um, things you have to say after a few bits. How do you stop a snowplow? How do you stop, 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 how, how do you stop a snowplow in Perry? Right, so, so any, any thoughts, Cat uh, and Daisy? You can message in the chat if you do want yeah, to right. have have a say. We'd like to hear your your thoughts. Or Tom, are you still with us, Tom? He's playing football manager. He's playing football manager with North County. How's North County going, Tom? <laughs> oh, we've got a big game. We've got a big game coming up. We are at home to second place Norwich. Oh, man. Oh, you want to do that thing of at halftime? Where are you? Where are you? Let's be having you. <laughs> Have you come up against no flying parents recently? I'm more Tom? of a Ramsey than a Delia, I think, as a manager. <laughs> 
Have you come up against snow flying parents? Sorry? Have you come up against any snow flying parents? <laughs> any. Have you been snow plowed? No. Oh, I, I can't say too much because otherwise I'd get into trouble, I think. But, um. <laughs> It's all right, I'll defend yeah, you. I mean, that, that's 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 that, I, I think you can take what you like from that answer. I would say I think everybody has, to a certain extent, been been up against a form of it. I I think if you are in a more private sector, I'd say without a shadow of a doubt, because the the slow climbing parent is, of course, a cousin has a cousin, which is the helicopter parent, um, which is that based upon that idea that the parent, I think, was it one parent at a private school was so upset about the grades that his child got, he took the private helicopter. Uh, and that's what that, that phrase, helicopter, per- he took the private helicopter to land in the school to go speak to the, the teacher in question. If, if he'd have put a snowplow on the helicopter. No! The idea of snowplowing is that you move the You're being facetious. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where helicopter parenting comes from. Um, the difference with helicopter parenting is is that helicopter parenting isn't as, as radical. Snowplow... Snow, Snowplow parenting is basically moving all the obstacles out of the way. Helicopter parent is keeping an eye on things a lot more. So that's more watching and that's more kind of questioning. Whereas the snowplow parent is, is they don't want the child to fail. They will do whatever is possible to game the system in order to ensure that their child succeeds at all costs, even if they themselves yeah. have to be the obstacle. And it's that, it's that, it's the parent that becomes the obstacle. Like They, they become the issue. It seems to be it. But I, I just wonder if, that, if, if in this whole relationship, because what, what we found as parents is that we've kind of accepted, because obviously it helps that I'm in secondary education, mm. or well, I will be, well, maybe not for long, <laughs> but we, we, we kind of, we'll, we'll, get, we'll go over that edge yeah. um, to, to do a bit more for, for, the char- for, for our own children. I yes I. So so, 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 we, so we know that as parents that we need to fill those kind of gaps because there's not there's we we, we know the um, where where the kind of where the gaps are yeah and we know what what's what what a secondary school can actually do for our child in a class of thirty two and we are a bit more kind of realistic about what would happen. I think the thing thing for me the thing for me that worries me and has worried me about my, my oldest daughter, is that she enjoys the arts and the crafts, she enjoys the music, she enjoys the sport. She's not enjoying maths. Mm. She's not enjoying maths ever since they did the um, the exams. And it was that she felt that, that she couldn't compete with her friends who were better at her in maths. And that's already stuck. It's, it's destroyed her confidence. Mm. So she's good at geography and history because she watches the quizzes with me and she, you know, she's got my library of history books behind me. And I, and I can see already what's starting to happen is I can see already my daughter in her own mind is starting to fixate on she's just not as good because this is this is where it starts. Do I know some of our friends who have already been extensively tutoring their own children in maths, knowing that it's going to give them a, an advantage? Mm. Now, do I want to do that to my own daughter? No, because I want her to enjoy learning. I want her to have a childhood. And I think some of those snowplowing parents are so driven and so motivated. I think they forget it's about the child's motivation. And I, when I've seen some of those snowplowed children, they're afraid to fail. And when they, and you get this a lot with top sets, especially I've seen this around GCSE time, 
all of a sudden it gets difficult. I think some of our children don't have the resilience and they don't have the stoicism because their slow playing parents have been making life easy for them all along. And all of a sudden when it gets difficult, then it's like, what do you want me to do to two hour history exam? Would you like me to make it easier for you? I'm sorry, I can't slow plow the GCSE exam. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I can't make it different. I can't do a differentiated copy of it. I can't do a little worksheet. I can't do any of those mitigations whatsoever. You're going in that exam hall with the same privilege every person in an exam hall, whether you like it or not, and there's nothing you do. And, and, and that's when you get really difficult conversations of like, well, well they, they can't do it. I went, well, well, they can't do it because they've never learned to fail before. Mock exams is always telling. Mm. The amount of times I see children completely and that the, the, the mock, because the mock exams they find difficult because all of a sudden the realization is you can't snowplow your way through it. You've got to go in that exam hall and you've literally got to pass an exam. And that's where I think, unfortunately, some good intentions of the snowplowing type parent who's trying their best and they forget it's not about them trying their best. It's about their child. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that and it goes goes down to what's happening a lot in society of, if you're making life too easy and too straightforward for children, or if you're gaming it, what happens when the rules change? What happens? And this is the thing with our children. What happens when the rules are changed with AI? What is no prior parents going to do AI? Well, 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 you well, try to have a conversation well, with AI. Well, try, well, 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 I think for a lot of children, the, the rules have changed, haven't they? Because they yeah. they they did receive a grade during COVID that has inflated their their, their target grades, hasn't it? Yeah, and. I know I don't I don't know I don't know how uh, a lot of schools dealt with that in terms of in the in the in the GCC I, I was kind of out of G I, I didn't really do anything I think a lot of schools had a lot of trouble with a lot of parents yeah, yeah. especially so, so, around so, 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 I mean, like, university like so so we we were kind of mm. during during that time we were doing BTEX mm. and there wasn't really any kind of change to that at all so I was kind of I was kind of out of this loop but I just wonder sometimes after then going back into GCSE and A level over the last couple of years, um, what the how their grades, how their teacher assessed grades were actually explained to the children in terms of what what it is they've actually achieved by getting that grade. Um, because when they've come to the next set of grade uh, um, exams, and they then that they've then actually really struggled that yeah. they haven't had. They've 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 had a nor the, the more normal experiences kind of trip them up. Yeah. Because if you if you let's say if you if you achieved a grade A star because of a teacher assess grade, mm. and that has been just explained to you, and the parents didn't really understand what was happening, but they your child now has this piece of paper with an A star on. Now I'm not putting not not putting any blame on anybody there, but that is that that is the quantifiable thing, isn't it? I have got an A star in this subject. Right. Two years later, you're sitting your A levels. You expect an A star again. Yeah. You you just expect an A star again, unless it was really kind of someone sat down and said, right. And there's an inquest that that doesn't happen. Yeah. So what you've got to do is at the, at the time, I don't remember any conversation in any school or being any of my friends talking about a situation where they were talking to their children saying, or oh, their students, sorry, and saying, you know, this is your grade. However, when things revert back to normal, you've got to be aware of what was taken away for you to achieve that grade. Yeah. Now, that's a very difficult conversation to have because 
you're basically undermining some of the work that that child is doing yeah. by doing that. So I understand the complexities of that, but I just wonder again, has this, as a as a body, as a, as an education sector, have we again just set ourselves up to fail in, in some respect? But but I mean, the, because, things because, have become because, so because competitive because we, because we know how inflated those yeah. grades are because we, we we literally know. And maybe you can look at some of those schools and think about their snowplow parents and whether they just went for it because they just thought, you know what? And do you blame them? Well, yeah, we can't. We, 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 yeah. They are they are a product of, like everything else, they're a product of the environment that's been created around them and they're symptomatic of a world that's become uber competitive. So that's, that's just why I forgive them yeah, because, course, yeah. because I could easily be, and I probably am to a certain yeah. extent because... My parents were ineffectively types of slow type, but the difference yeah. was my parents were, you know, willing to fight tooth and nail for me. Yeah. But is there is there opportunity now when we go back in January after people have had disappointing mocks and stuff, oh. just to sit down with the, with your kind of school population and just really explain that actually your GCSE in two thousand and twenty, yeah, or whatever, might be this grade. However, this is the reality of what you're going to be asked to do this year and it is going to be much harder. But the problem is the pressure. The culture now of pressure is breaking some teachers and it's breaking some kids. Mm. And where does that pressure come from? The pressure is coming from parents to the children. And then in turn it's coming from the, the children to the teacher and the teacher to the children, the, te- the teacher to the parent, the parent to the teacher, the school to the teacher, to the parent, to the yeah. child, the offset to the parent, to the, to the government. Yeah. Well, we, 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 also, I mean, we also know the link, the, the link between... Talk uh, about football manager. I'm now trying to get my, my 30 kids <laughs> to win the league yeah. and game the system. So there, there's a connection yeah. to it. But, but we also know from a parent's point of view as well, as a stakeholder... They've got a best interest in that school being off step one and being the top of the league table because they've got a property attached to it, haven't they? Yeah. They've got a property value and an asset that is going up because of that institution down the road. Yeah. Achieving a certain, a certain and they level stick of... it on a poster, and then and then and then they attract more helicopter and snow parents who talk to each other, saying, "Oh, that's and that's because you." I want parents to be involved. Course, and this is yeah. the thing. I mean, d- decades of research have shown that parent involvement in school is positively linked to better student attainment, yeah, yeah. better social skills, and ultimately better higher graduation rates and better outcomes. Yeah. So, better life so, chances. So it's what type of what type of but, However, it's the culture of how far do you simply go? I mean, some parents it, you know, used to be would help do their homework, could help do their coursework. But parents are willing to go further now. They're willing to financially go further. They're willing to. They're willing to undermine schools. They're willing to to homeschool. They're willing to pay. Pr- pr- I mean, how much? Pri- how much money is spent now in private tuition? How much is you know? Ch- I want my child to do music. Why? Because that gets them into university. You want them to do Duke of Edinburgh. How many parents are out there spending an absolute fortune on enrichment activities for their children privately to give them an edge, to give them an advantage, elocution lessons? Am I? We all know somebody as parents who's doing something for their children, like teaching their children to play golf because it's good for networking when they're in business. (laughs) We know people like that. Of course we know people like that because this is how they're going to raise their children. It's not for me to judge how they raise their children. They they see the world as a competitive world. Some people are self-made, and I think there's a generation of people who are self-made, who got through university like us, who know how difficult the system is, and what they're trying to do is maybe they're not slow plowing, 
maybe they're right. Maybe they are trying to force things through in a system that's now closing because social mobility is getting less. So the backdrop of this is house prices are increasing. Social mobility is getting less. It's hard to be a young person now. Yeah, yeah. So there's a realization of the world is more. Kids do need more help. How many, how many kids now get a mortgage now? How many 25, 30-year-olds get a mortgage now without the help of their parents? So unfortunately, snow plowing may actually be, unfortunately, the only way to get ahead in a system that is obviously declining in many ways when it comes to social mobility. So who am I to criticize parents for snow plowing if, if it gets their children ahead? And that it is, gets, that you is know, the system. Yeah, that is yeah. the system. So, so you have to play the system. You know, going back to our football analogy, you, you play the game that's in front of you, don't you? Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's all very well saying, well, don't do this. But essentially, that is the way the system is kind of built. Yeah. And if you want your child, which everyone does, to be, you know, economically supported yeah. in life, then they're going to have to... Here comes Scandinavia. Yeah. Here comes my model. So in, in countries where inequality is relatively low, such as Sweden, Norway, um, parents are more likely to say their childhood is more about play and exploration. And families such as the UK and US, um, they think hard work is more valued and, and the results are more valued. So what you've got in the Scandinavian countries is a culture that is more about happiness, well-being and welfare. Um, what you've got in the US, UK and, 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 and the Anglo-Saxon type countries is more about the hard work. So what we're saying is a lot of change in parenting over the last couple of decades has definitely seen um, this idea of what do education you get out of it. It's got to be the jobs. You even see this with degrees about higher stakes. You know, it's, it's not about doing humanities degrees or arts degrees or English literature degrees. It's got to be a business degree. It's got to be a degree that even the government itself has said within six months, they don't value the degree unless you're employed after six months. So we're not learning for the sake of learning. It's 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 a it's learning for a function of you will learn for an economic value. You will learn to succeed. You will learn to get these exams. So it's all about the the, the game. It's all about the exams. Um, whereas unfortunately in the past, you know, education was about self betterment. Education was about enrichment. Education was about character development. It was about the love of learning. It was about reading for the sake of reading. So something's happened there to monetize and to sort of um, standardise education that this is the function of education is to produce a degree where you get a big job, whereas the function of education used to be, are my children happy? Are my children well-adjusted? Are my children productive? I mean, the happiness of the children now seems to be secondary when it comes to their exams. In fact, it's horrible to see the children at 16, 17, 18. You know, I think their childhood's been robbed of them, and I think, unfortunately, it's not doing them any favours because what are they going to grow up to be? people who only do stuff what for the sake of doing stuff yeah. and, and you talk about a recruitment and retention thing we're not going to get people coming into teaching because they're going to go well, i'm going to teaching because i'm only going to do this job if i do this we're going to lose that type of love of doing things for the sake of doing things because everything's high stakes and it's like when you give you know kids we, i used to, used to do uh, enrichment learning about a couple of years ago we called it discovery a curriculum of just learning about learning and we did the metacognition thing kids didn't want to know why? Because there's no exam at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, there, was no, yeah. there was no number. There was no result. What do you go home to your parents and say, did well at school today? Oh, I painted something. What's the result? And that's the problem when you monetize and you grade things. And, and when you grade things, you can measure things. When you measure things, I can measure my child versus that child. Well, my child is better than your child. And deep down, I used to work in sales and marketing door to door. How do I used to get sales? I'd go next door to say to Bob next door, get his name. He would never get me the, the, the change in the gas and electricity. I get his name though. Go to the next door neighbor and say, "Bob next door is um, 
you know, he's, he's doing it. Yeah. Oh, I can't have that. People inside their own heads, I think, are so competitive yeah, against keep everybody. Up, keep up the Joneses, it's, keep, it? yeah. it's the form of keeping up the Joneses. Yeah. and education to come keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and it's government that's encouraged this. The league tables, my school's a good school, offset gradings, the whole blooming system's become monetized, data data-wise, and we're now putting parents into it. And really, we're, we're, it's hamsters on a wheel. We yeah, have basically yeah. put them on a hamster wheel where they've got no other choice but to be this version there must be some snow parenting type individuals who don't like themselves but realize this is what i have to do yeah 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 I, yeah yeah, yeah. We, yeah we, we're presuming that there's a kind of uh, that they're enjoying doing this but they might they might just be purely thinking this is the only way that my child can break this break this yeah. system and yeah you might sit down with the parents and they might go absolutely i disagree i completely disagree with this however I am still going to do it yeah. because I still want my child to be the best. Now, and, you know, you can't kind of argue with that in some respects because we all want that, don't we? Yeah. The, the difficulty is, is sometimes I think teachers find it quite hard to articulate that to a parent that we are, we are, I mean, I've, I've said it so many times. So to a child and to a parent, we're on the same side. We're, we're, we're not on a different, we're, we're not, I, I am not, I am not in the room with your son, daughter, restricting their access I am working tirelessly every day, every week to give access. And I think that's to, for that to, relationship to give, schools to, to, and home. And, and I think one of the things she did say before she left Ofsted was Spielman did say about that broken social contract mm. that we, we don't have, it's back to our the, the show title tonight, the Goldilocks moment. How much parental engagement do we want? You know, how much is enough? I want parents to contact me, yes, when there's a problem. I want to communicate with them, yes. I don't want too many communications, but I'd like some feedback. Yes. I'd like them to come to parents' evening. I'd like them to support me. I'd like them to not badmouth me at home. I'd like them to support the school. I'd like them to support the school policy. I'd like to support the school uniform. Even if they don't agree with it, they shouldn't be having these conversations in front of the children. I think there are far too many children who are hearing conversations from their parents, which undermines A, the teacher, B, the school, and, and C, the whole value of education. Mm. I think a lot of these parents just need to know the boundaries and say, Yes, work with us, not against us. And equally, if we as a school get it wrong, we have to be humble enough to hold our yeah, hands up course, and go, yeah. you know what, we, we put your child in the wrong set, we're out of order. Yes, that teacher said something to that child, you know what, that's wrong. I, I've done it. I've humble pie, rung a parent up and went, you know what, I got that completely out of order, accept my apology. Mm. The parent was like, oh, okay. Because they were expecting the fight. They were expecting me the, the denial. To, no. to double down. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite, it's quite an, a good relationship builder when you might go, yeah, choice of language there, bit out of order, but the, here's the context to it. Won't happen again. Really yes. sorry about that. That's it. And it takes a good, you have to know your parent to do that because some parents, if you did that to that, that's it. They'd have, you've admitted you're, you're liable and that's it. They, they have the kind okay, of, okay, okay. they so have a hold so over you there. That, there's a whole liability thing yeah. that's going on. So, 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 so do, People are afraid to make mistakes. The, the, a, teachers are afraid to make mistakes. That's it. Are they, are they then, are they then afraid to actually just admit that they got something wrong? in case there's then kind of come back on that. Oh, because the next phone call could be, hi, such and such said they were wrong, and I knew they were wrong. And, that, and, can, and can you do something about it now? Please? And exactly. Oh, you, you've made that man. And kids are terrible for that. Kids are absolutely all you no loyalty whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. They absolutely don't. Yeah but, yeah, but I have that with my own kids. That's what I was saying to you earlier. And then, then actually, when you've had the, as a parent, you've sat down, you know, we're lucky that we can sit down in the evening and talk to each other. Actually, when they've said something, second question, third question, oh, it wasn't a thing. 
Yeah. It wasn't a big thing. Yeah. And the, my daughter go, yeah, I actually understood that wrong. You go, wow, okay. So if we'd have gone in as parents and we'd gone in at six o'clock with the complaint, eight o'clock, we knew that actually yeah. my, my daughter had mis- misunderstood the situation, mm. um, overreacted for lots of reasons. Maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they were, you know, they just got it wrong. Maybe they didn't listen to part of it. They got mm. the, the tail end of something. You know what scores are like. How much, how much rumours kind of circulate just in the staff, just in the staff room, let alone me. But the kids are terrible for it now. They're terrible for going home. And even now, it doesn't even get to go home. With social media, parents are in contact with their kids straight away. You know, I, I've had a situation where, um, and I, this one really ground my gears, uh, a colleague put a punishment for a child on, on the system. And and straight away, the, the child was, you know, then querying it, querying it, because they knew there was going to be consequences. They got the serious punishment that would be then consequences for what happens next. They're going to have to go to a, the school next door for a day type thing. Um, because they'd accrued enough enough points to be able to be punished to the next level or whatever our level was. And and, and, and the, he then went down to a, a support member staff in the office and, 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 and then got them to check on the system that the point had gone in mm. and then contacted home to the parent at work mm. to say, you know, it's not my fault, it's not my fault, it's not my fault, it's the teacher's fault. Mm-hmm. On number one, I went to that support staff member and said, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever undermine it like that, ever again. Mm. And they thought they were doing something nice, something benevolent, something good for the child. Don't ever do that again. That has not been through the filter of, that needs to go to a year ahead. That needs to be a, 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 a cooling off period yeah. because the first thing that kid is going to do is go to his mom and say, they're out to get me. It's not, it's not, not my fault, not my fault. Who's she going to believe? Yeah, of, course. of course she's going to be a little Johnny, a little princess, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's the type of thing that's happening, replicated up and down the country. Kids are, you know, texting their parents straight away and going, teachers just punished me, they're out of order. You know, it, it, you do need you do need some trust to be built up. And parents need, I've I'll, said, I've said to the kids before Christmas when I was when I was getting a bit annoyed with one of my GCSE classes, which I, every Thursday I stayed behind for an hour after school, make them a cup of tea. And I just felt they were being a little bit taken for taken taken advantage, taken for granted. And I just walked out of the one lessons, and I felt just a bit, bit down on myself, and a bit sort of got up by them. And they were, were like, they weren't happy about their uh, mock exam preparation that I'd I'd spent two nights preparing resources for them. And I came in, they were like, mm, and it's like, I spent two nights of my blood, sweat, and tears doing that for you. And the first response I get is, mm, not like thank you, sir, or thanks for doing that. I thought I just I just reached that point with them. And you know, lo and behold, they were like, it's your fault. You're to blame. You chose this job. And the first <laughs> thing I said to them was like, do you think there's another person behind me coming in and going to do this? Do you think we're replaceable? Do, do you think there's a supply of us out there that you can treat me like this? You need me more than I need you. And that comes down to that relationship. I think the small client parents don't realise what they're doing sometimes. They're actually rubbing people up the wrong way. They might actually get better results if they worked with people. Because nobody likes a bully. No, nobody likes it. Bully. No, that's true. I think that's a great way to kind of uh, end the show. Um, next week we'll be on a slightly different, oh yeah, different different platform. So let's just uh, thank our sponsor, John Katz, because uh, this show is brought to you in partnership with John Katz Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools and around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Maybe you got some money for Christmas and you're looking to uh, invest that into some. Uh, new reading in the new you year. Are such a business. There you go. You, got, you, can get, you can get twenty percent off using the code JCTTR two three two four. 
um, and you can get 20% off the order, as I said. Um, and you can go to johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today uh, with that. So happy reading from John Cat Bookshop, and thank you very much for sponsoring today's show. So just want a couple of minutes. We're going on to... Yeah, is Paul, is, is Paul Hazard on tonight, uh... Paul's not on tonight, but he will be on again next Thursday. My contemporary Le, Le Prof. And we've got the uh, Sunday Review. Weekly Review is on Sunday live um, at 10am. Um, Adam, I believe you're on this Sunday. Really looking forward to it. Adam's making his debut on Sunday. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Free transfer from Derby. <laughs> Free transfer from Notts County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 1-0 down. It's not looking good. Um yeah, you're not on Spaces next week, are you? That's right. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, we're going to be uh, we're going to be um, on on Steam Steam Yard, which is uh, basically it's a Zoom. Not Steam Train, like Steam. Don't do it. Steam Train, me. I don't like. I don't like Steam Train, Yeah, but we're in Steam Yard, so we'll be, we'll be launching our uh, our Steam Yard. We're still keeping education tonight, similar format, but instead of uh, audio, we'll be audio and visual. Yeah, we'll be able to see your faces as well. And I believe it's called StreamYard, not SteamYard. But I might be wrong on that one. I will have to double check. StreamYard is. I, I, was, I was joking. Sorry. It's, 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 I'd let it dance. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so we need new beanbags, Brent. For, yeah, we need for, new beanbags, for, yeah. For the, for the be, beanbags. We've got pedal to run. Yeah. I'm not sure, Tom, that either of us can get up from these beanbags. So... I don't you want to stay, stay, keep the line open while we try and get off the beanbags. No, no, we'll close, <laughs> close the line and then get off the beanbags. So the sound of the beanbags is going to lose any listeners we have. So. But anyway, thank you very much yep. for tonight. Thank you yep. very much for listening. Yep. And, and, and thank you for all your support on Spaces. Anyone that's tuned in regularly, yeah, uh, over the last year, it's been nearly a year, is it? No, I think less, it's less, less, less than a year. Maybe no, it's more than a year. We've been yeah. on. Um, it's been we're more on than a year. Your collection show on um, the Careers and Futures page is from November twenty-two. Oh wow! Wow! There you go. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Does that make us the Teachers Talk Radio veterans? Yeah. I believe, I believe you are veterans, yeah. yeah I'm, just, um, I'm just looking around. We, we'll try and work out how long you've been with us as a portion of TTR's shelf life. Bear in mind, yeah. TTR started in January 21. If you were hosting in, well, Brent started in, I think, September 22. Yeah. Nice one. So you've been with us for about half half of our existence. Half of your existence. Oh. And still no mug, Brent. <laughs> he needs to, if Brent doesn't send me his address, I can't send the mug to Russia. <laughs> don't you wind him up? I don't have telepathic powers. I don't, I'm not a stalker, and I don't know where Brent lives. I could send it to his, I could send it to his school because I do know where he works. Oh, I'm <laughs> um, Although uh, you'd be going back to some flooding, possibly. Sorry. Your area is uh your 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 school area is going to be well well inundated with water. Yeah, well we're okay actually. Um, we're okay. We're it's the bottom we're of the hill. Yeah, the, you're, be you're worse. okay. If you're on the other side of a county. It'd be worse. Anyway, um, thanks very much, gents. And yeah. see yeah. you on StreamYard next Thursday. See you next Thursday. Bye. You've Bye. been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.